Welcome to the podcast series at the College of Education and Integrative Studies at Cal Poly Pomona. My name is Jeff Pass. I'm the dean of the college, and we have as our special guest today a member of our staff, Jean Reynaga. Welcome, Jean. Thank you. Uh, Jean, why don't you tell us about your job, because it's an unusual one for both us and for the CSU. Yes. Uh, so I am the Teacher Preparation and Recruitment Advisor in the College of Education and Integrative Studies. And one of my duties is to inform students of the application process when they're applying to a credential program, as well as recruit students for our credential programs. And when you say credential program, uh, people may not know what that is. A credential program is anyone interested in becoming a teacher, whether at the elementary, middle school, or high school level, and for our three subject areas, multiple subject, single subject, or education specialist. Okay, by credentials you mean somebody actually has to have an, a credential issued by the state in order to be a teacher? Correct. And that's in the state of California. There are different terms in different states. Yes, correct. Yes, in the state of California, they want you to have a, a preliminary uh, teaching credential. In other states, they might call it a certificate, they might call it a license, but in California, it's a, a credential. So what do you do as your, in your job? How do you recruit? Mostly I respond to student questions. Um, right now, a majority is through email. Sometimes students will just pop in and say, I'm interested in becoming a teacher, but I, I don't know how to do that. How do, how do I go through this process? And um, I am beginning to reach out to other community college campuses just to kind of be present there and answer questions and, and let them know that Cal Poly Pomona does offer teacher credentialing programs and you know this is what they can expect when they come to Cal Poly. So you get a lot of emails. About how many a day would you say you get? Oh, that's a good question. I would say at least 15 to 20 a day. And the number of students that pop in can vary from five a day, sometimes as few as one. It's, you, you just never know. You always kind of just have to be ready to assist them as they stop, stop by because it could be that's their only time that they can come by between classes. And so I try to always accommodate when they come by, even if maybe I, I've got something else that I want to attend to. I, I, I make time for them just so their answers get, their questions get answered and they get the information they need. So what kinds of questions do they ask? I, I imagine there's a wide variety. Yes. Most of them, I would say, don't really know what it takes to to apply to a program. Right. You know, if you think of most graduate programs, students will say, oh, the GRE, do I have to take the GRE? For credentials, they're not too familiar with what exams are required. And so for me, it's it's just informing them of what they need to do to prepare to apply, which takes, I would say, at least uh, eight months to really get everything in line to start a credential program. So if someone wanted to start uh, next summer or fall, they really need to start working on it now. Yes. What takes so long? Mostly I would say the exams. Now the exams, not everyone has to take the exams. There's two required, the CBEST, the California Basic Educational Skills Test, that's required for admission. And the CSET, the California Subject Examinations for Teachers, is required to demonstrate subject matter competency. So what is the C-best measure? Basic skills. The so basic skills meaning basic math and reading. Correct, and yes. Writing skills. Correct, and, yes. And uh, they, they sign up to take those tests, they get the results. Yes. And then the C-set is their specialization if they want to teach math or English or multiple subjects. 
it would cover all of those things. Correct, yes. And I don't think students realize that once they take the exam, it takes a few weeks to get the results. And if for some reason a student doesn't pass one of the subtests, the system or the agency that issues the exams, they won't let you retest for 45 days. Uh -huh. So I always tell students, plan ahead. You might want to lo start looking at this now because of that time constraint that might limit them as we get closer to an application deadline. But you also said that some students don't have to take tests. Correct. What would be the circumstances for that? So for the subject matter competence requirement, the state says that you can either take and pass the CSET exams in your subject area, or if you complete a state-approved subject matter preparation program. And we have those kinds of programs right here on our campus. We what do. programs would those be? Those would be art, Spanish, English, social science, music, I believe. Um, we don't have all of them. And liberal studies too? Uh, not yet. We are hoping to get approved by the state. But it should be any day now. Yes, we are expecting a response anytime. Right. And the liberal studies are for people who want to become elementary school teachers. Correct. Multiple subjects. Yes. So if a student completes the liberal studies program here at Cal Poly, and once we're approved by the state, then completion of that program demonstrates subject matter competence, and the student would not have to take the CSET exams. But this is only for students who go through our Cal Poly Pomona program. Correct, if yes. If they're coming from another institution, they have to take those tests. Correct, unless they completed a subject matter preparation program at their university. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So what other questions do you get besides about testing? Testing, um, the other main question we get is the field experience. It's a requirement where the department wants to see at least 45 hours of early field experience, time spent interacting with children, and it can be in a variety of settings, classrooms, teacher aid, substitute teacher, some college course practicum or field experience can be applied. So like a recreation program? Yes. A scout advisor? Correct. Little league coach? Coaching, yes. But uh, not babysitting? Correct. They want to see the students interact with students in a, in a K-12 setting. And part of the reason for that is to help the student determine, is this the profession for them? Is this the age group I'm interested in working with? As well as let the department know that you do have some previous experience. You have taken that step, are serious about becoming a teacher. And so it works both ways in favor of the student as well as the department. Right, it's just, just smart. Yes. Uh, nobody wants a student uh, to go through a program and then decide that they don't want to go into Correct. it. Correct. That would be wasteful. Yes. Okay. So do you get any unusual kinds of questions uh, that surprise you that somebody would be asking it? Um, I don't think anything unusual other than, you know, a lot of students have family members that work in school districts and they want to use their mom's classroom or their sister's classroom. Yeah. And although that's great experience, it's the department's looking for them to just reach a little bit beyond that. Meet, network, get, get known, you know, with other school districts, other teachers, because as you network, it only helps you later on when you're searching for a job that might connect you with a position that's open. So we try to tell students, although it's great experience, Try to venture out into something that's a little bit unknown to, and just meet new people. And at Cal Poly Pomona, uh, most of our uh, teacher preparation courses uh, have uh, opportunities for students to go out and do early field experiences. Yes, they do. So, and I believe some of our clubs, like the Liberal Studies Club, they have uh, tutoring and other kinds of service activities. Yes, they do. 
And those would count towards those experience hours. Right. So are there, what are the kinds of questions you get where somebody says, oh, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to do this? In some cases, as I'm explaining to them, the difference between the credential programs, multiple subjects, single subject, or education specialist, they don't really realize what that entails. You know, for some who aren't familiar with an education specialist, it's to teach special education. So students who have mild to moderate disabilities, some are, you know, as soon as I mention, oh, no, no, I, I want multiple or single. But I also have students who, no, no, I definitely want to work with mild to moderate children or moderate to severe that you could already get a sense that they're very passionate about right. becoming a teacher to help teach students with disabilities. So it's it works both ways. My experience is that uh, those students usually have a family member or yes. a uh, neighbor that has some sort of disability and uh, that's what's inspiring them. Yes. I've had a couple students share their stories as we're talking and same things, sister, aunt, mother, just different things that they've encountered, and they want to give back. And why would someone choose multiple subjects versus single subjects? Do you have any insights into that? I think it has to, it's two-part. One is the subjects you'll be teaching in a day. So for multiple subjects, you're teaching more than one subject, math, science, reading, history. For single subject, you're only teaching one particular subject all day. So you gotta really you gotta really love math if you're gonna teach yes. math all day. Correct, yes. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, multiple subjects, if you dislike one of those subjects, uh, that might be a problem for your students. Correct. And you know, I just had a student this morning email me asking, I'm not sure which way to go. And I try to tell students just to consider the age group of children you would like to work with. Some can work with high school students. Some are better at the elementary level, and I think that helps determine which, which credential they pursue. And that's all the more reason to get those early field experiences to see if you really do like Correct. kids at that age. Yes. I find, uh, we don't have a middle school program per se, but I find that uh, most students who go out to the middle school, they come back saying, I didn't realize that middle school was so great. Mm-hmm. Because uh, middle schoolers are great, but it's not for everybody. Correct. And and one student, my, he was determining which way to go, and he was doing elementary. And I said, well, if you're if you're not sure, you might want to get experience in the middle school because you might find either yes, this is for me, or no, you it's not. And at least you know now versus at the end of a program, I did one credential, but I actually now want to switch to another. Now, what if someone's interested in early childhood? Mm -hmm. How do, how do you advise them for that? Early childhood at the moment is not covered under the California credentials, the teaching credentials. It's uh, preschool through 12. So early childhood, I recommend that they speak with the early childhood department. Um, I have heard that there might be an early childhood credential forthcoming, but at the moment it's it's not yet there. So I tell students, if, if you know you want to work with the real young ones, you might want to seek an early childhood studies degree, but a credential would not allow them to teach those children at that young age. So you mentioned uh, that you do a lot of this advising uh, by through drop-ins or through emails or telephone calls. Yes. Uh, but you also go out uh, to recruit. Yes. So what 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 do you do there? So uh, if a school district or another community college would like me to provide information to their students on how to become a teacher, answer their student questions, I'll drive to their campus you know, set up a table, have students uh, come up and just provide flyers and information for them on what we offer here at Cal Poly Pomona, why it's a great campus to complete your credential, and just, you know, answer any questions they have about 
how to get to become a teacher. Okay, I know this is a little self-serving, but why would a student go to Cal Poly as opposed to another institution? Well, Cal Poly Pomona has a, a unique philosophy, learn by doing. It's very hands-on. It gets students out in the classrooms. Besides the early field experience required when applying to the program, once you're in the program, students also again go into classrooms. So there's this hands-on experience throughout the entire program that you can't really get just from a book. It's being out there with students and teachers and learning how to create lesson plans and just being present with students and figuring out what works and, and what some things might not work. Well, and another advantage, which uh, you may uh, not want to mention yourself, but I will, is that there's outstanding advisors. Yes. Uh, we have credential analysts and we have advisors and, and recruitment officers like yourself who can make sure that every student is attended to and is primed for success. Yes. Once they're in the program, the credential analysts work with the students and help them while they do their courses through the end and when their credential is granted. And the faculty advisors are great resource if students aren't sure or in some cases students might need to adjust their plan and the faculty advisors are there to help them make adjustments as needed. And I should also mention uh, that the faculty are very, very highly qualified. Uh, they have PhDs yes. or doctoral, doctoral degrees yes. and they, uh, they have experience and they're we're very, very selective in who we hire, so uh, you're not just getting somebody who was hired to teach a class sight unseen. Uh, we carefully screen them, so yes, we have a. The faculty makes a difference. It does, and and I think there's they're definitely passionate about helping students become teachers. They really care about students and want to see them succeed. And I don't think you can get that type of experience other than here at Cal Poly Pomona. And the school districts seem to like our graduate. They do, yes. Uh, actually, we uh, spoke with, I think it was Covina Valley Unified, and they mm -hmm. spoke highly of our students and wanted to continue to work with us and partner with us in, in more ways than we already are. And I could tell you as dean, I'm constantly getting mm -hmm. those uh, requests. Uh, can we create a closer relationship? And we're always happy to do that. Yes. Uh, because we really depend on the school districts to house our students during their internships and their field experiences. Mm -hmm. So the closer the cooperation between us, the easier that goes. Yes. So we help them, they help us. Correct. It's a great system. Right, and the students benefit in the long run. You yes, know, they do. It, not only our students, but students they then will go out and serve. And uh, we have like 35 school districts that we work with. Yes. Some of them are rather small, but some of them are quite large. Yes. I believe we Los Angeles Unified is one of them. And they, they're all over Southern California. And we take particular pride in Pomona, which is our yes, home we do. Uh, city. Yes. Uh, so when you go to community colleges, mm -hmm. uh, do the students in those programs have uh, a pre-teaching uh, program, or is it just um, majoring in whatever? It, you know, we get students from a variety of majors. Most multiple subject candidates seek a liberal studies degree, whereas our single subject candidates would be more specific to the one subject, so math or science. But we get a variety of, of students, and a lot of them will ask me, I don't have a liberal studies degree, can I still become a teacher? And I tell them, yes, you don't need a specific bachelor's degree to enter a credential program. But it does help for the testing. It does, yes. And I'm sure you mentioned that. I do, yes. <laughs> so for the multiple subject exams, if they need to take it, that, that liberal studies degree might help prepare them for those exams. What would you advise 
community college students to take in if they're planning on transferring uh, or entering our credentials program? I think the big thing is just getting them prepared to start a credential program. Most students want to start a credential program right after their bachelor's, but if they haven't taken the time to prepare, then it might delay them a semester or two. So I usually will tell students, take your exams early. And if they don't want to take exams and they're interested in a subject matter preparation program, then I tell them, please connect with the faculty advisor so that you know what you need to take in your undergraduate studies so you can complete that and you don't have to take the exams. So it's just mostly getting that information to students to let them know early so that they are not in their senior year and saying, can I start next semester? So if I want to be uh, a biology teacher, mm -hmm. I should be taking as many biology courses as I can? Yes, there's a list. Our biology um, program here has a list of courses that meet the subject matter preparation. And as long as they take those courses, they'll fulfill that requirement and not have to take the CSET. So, but sometimes they don't meet, meet with that faculty advisor till it, well into their junior year, and it might be too hard to fit in those courses and delay their, their uh, completion of their bachelor's. So the earlier the better. Yes. And what about if I want to become a physical education teacher? Mm -hmm. Is that different? Well, not much different than other programs other than, again, if you want to major in, in physical education, kinesiology, you can enter that program. We do have a subject matter approved program here at Cal Poly, so completion of that program means you wouldn't have to take the CSETs. Um, but if you didn't major in it, that's okay. You can still take the exams and become a physical education teacher. It just might be a little more challenging to take the exams. And is there, I heard a special kind of program where it combines physical education with special education? Oh yes, so we do have an added authorization. It's the physical education adaptive PE authorization and it can be added to a credential. So a student would have to complete a credential first and then add that authorization. In kinesiology and physical ed? Or, or yes, uh, they, it can be in anything to add the authorization, but there are there might be additional uh, physical education or kinesiology courses they'll have to take because they don't have that background. But it is possible and it allows students to work with students with disabilities for PE. And we do get a lot of questions about that, that and those program. Those students used to be ignored in phys ed. They would have to sit on a side reading a book. Correct. And now they're part of the yes, program. Yes, yes. It's great. And a lot of students are really interested in, in having that authorization to be able to serve students in districts all over. Now, some uh, people think that it's bad to have a master's degree because that would discourage someone from hiring you because you're more highly paid. Mm -hmm. Have you found that to be the case? I, I get a lot of questions from students and I, tr I try to tell them, you know, to teach in the state of California, the credential is what they're looking for. If you don't have a credential, they're probably not gonna look to you to hire you. Having a master's degree is an additional degree that demonstrates you have knowledge in it could be a Master's of Arts in Education, curriculum and instruction. It, it's just additional knowledge that it shows to the district that you have, that you can imp, you know, implement in your classroom, you can implement in creating curriculum. It's a, it's a benefit. I, I don't think it's a negative. Um, I know it's not a negative. Uh, the, uh, the, the, cost, the additional cost of someone with a master's degree is really small, tiny, yes. compared to the overall budget, uh, per personnel budget that a school district has. Yes, and I, I once spoke with a principal from the Hacienda La Puente Unified School District. She taught in a credential program, and she said that as a principal, 
she always looked for students who had the master's because it demonstrated that they had the discipline and, and the skill to complete that program versus someone who just had a credential. So, And at Cal Poly Pomona, you can combine your credentials with the master's? Yes, you can. You can use, students typically start with the credential and then in their last semester of their credential coursework, they submit a request to add the master's. Is that a difficult thing to do or are people advising them to help them do that? It's a form that they submit and we do have um, advisors that can help them through that process. And one of the benefits of, of um, the combined program is once you're admitted to a credential program, you can begin taking master's courses while you're completing your credential coursework. So you don't have to wait. Correct. Even though you, you don't submit that request towards the end of your credential coursework, you can begin right away with master's courses. And I would imagine that students find that very enlightening to not only learn how to be a teacher, but study more deeply as to how the curriculum and instructional process yes. works and yes. the research involved. Most students are pleasantly surprised when I say, yes, we do have a combined program. Oh, you do, and tell me about it, and when can I get started? So mm -hmm. yes, there's definitely, students are excited. Are there plans to uh, change the timeline for how you go through the credential program? Uh, you used to be able to, you had to start in the fall or the spring. Yes. But now is that gonna change with the summer? Yes, actually, so our education department is offering a summer start uh, hopefully in uh, spring of 2020, I'm sorry, summer of 2020. Which is just nine months away. Yes, it'll be here before we know it. And the great thing about that start is you can complete the credential in one year. Whereas if you do a fall or summer, uh, spring start, I'm sorry, you can complete the program in three semesters. So it gets you in and out and lines up nicely with when districts are hiring. So you could actually have a job one year to the day yes. after starting the program and start earning a salary. Correct, yes. So that, that should be pretty attractive to a lot of students. I think so. I, I think the students mostly when they come, they wanna know how quickly can I get into the classroom? They're very eager and it's nice to tell them that option because it they get excited and how do I apply? <laughs> Sign me up today. Now, Cal Poly also has an internship program. Is we that do. different than the clinical practice? It is in some ways. The coursework for both programs, the traditional and the intern, are the same. The difference between the intern and the traditional program is the student is hired by a district as a full-time teacher. While they're student teaching? Yes, correct. And actually, they might be hired prior to the clinical practice portion of the program. And so they're teaching full-time, finishing their courses, which is great for some students who find it challenging to just student teach where you pretty much volunteer for a semester, your time in the classroom. The financial. Yes. So to be hired by a district and complete your program is a, you know, it's a perk. A lot of students want to know about it. And, you know, we have Mr. Nick Salerno who oversees the intern program. He's great. He comes from the districts. He was a, a teacher himself. And so, I believe. yes, very knowledgeable and very helpful to students in, in completing that process. But is this open to anybody? Can anybody be an intern or are there specific uh, regulations? You can be an intern as long as you meet the intern eligibility requirements. And some of those are, you do have to complete four courses in our program, which typically can be done in the first or second semester. Mm -hmm. And then most of the other requirements are also program admission requirements. So if you've met the program admission requirements and are admitted, you've met those requirements. So if you're a weak student, uh, you wouldn't be uh, able to participate. Correct. Uh, and the school district, it wouldn't be good for anybody if you are still learning 
we, we want you to have, be successful. Yes, correct. And we want to assist you through that process. And, and having those intern eligibility requirements demonstrates that you've met a certain level and you're ready to go into the classroom and teach. So why would a school district uh, choose to hire an intern? The, the benefit of an intern is that it shows to the district that they're in a credential program, that they've met intern eligibility requirements, and they're almost ready for their preliminary. So it's kind of like students that will get their preliminary soon after and they can hire them full-time without the intern credential. Does a teacher shortage have something to do with the internship? Yes, it does. In, in some cases, districts can't find qualified teachers, but an intern student or a student with an intern credential demonstrates to them that they have almost met the qualified teacher requirements. And so to them, it they look to those students first versus someone who does not have the intern eligibility or, or maybe doesn't even has in a program or just barely started a program. Right. Well, that sounds very attractive. Mm -hmm. So what about you? How did you ever end up as a teacher recruiter? I, when I first was in college, I debated become, to becoming a teacher or majoring in psychology, and I ended up picking psychology. But the careers and jobs that I held just were varied, and I eventually came back to a teacher education department at another university, and I worked in the multiple subject program as well as the single subject. And I just really enjoyed being a part of helping students to become teachers, walking alongside them, letting them know this is how you complete your goal. And it's, it's a joy to see them from the time they start to the time they finish. I'm just happy that they've met that. And after working at that other institution for several years, I came across the opening here at Cal Poly Pomona, and it has been nothing but a complete joy to be here. I love the campus, I love the students, and I'm really excited to work with these students and help them achieve their goals. Uh, and you have a other knowledge about teaching and teachers from your personal life, right? I do, yes. I have several siblings who became teachers um, or homeschool their own children. And so teaching is very much alive in our family. And it, my, actually, I'm a twin, and my twin sister teaches kindergarten. So. And what do they think about your job? They think it's great. They really are happy for me, and it's funny, even though they're teachers themselves as requirements change from the state, they'll ask me questions and I'll say, well, it was like that, but now the state is, this is how they do it now. So it's, teaching is an ever-evolving field, and to stay current and up-to-date is really crucial, I think, for success in the classroom. So what is your interaction with the state? Uh, are they constantly coming forth with new requirements or interpretations? They can. Um, I would say right now, the latest change was with the TPAs, the teacher performance assessments. Which is a test they take, students take just as they're completing the program. Correct. For multiple subject and single subject. Right now, currently, the education specialist credential students don't have to take it. But my understanding from the state is that they will in the future. They're adding the TPAs to that program. Um, and so you need to know about that and keep up with it to yes, inform the students correct. what to expect. Yes, and not only that, but also students have questions on, can I add an additional credential once I already have a credential? So let's say I, I did a math credential, but now I, I think I also want to teach science. And I let students know, yes, that is possible. These are the documents that you need to complete. How hard is it to do that? Actually, it's, in my opinion, it's fairly easy. Once you complete a multiple, uh, one credential, it just requires you to demonstrate 
subject matter competence in the new subject and to take one methodology course in the new subject. Right, but subject matter competence in a field like mathematics, I mm. mean, not just anyone can master calculus, for instance. That is true, yes. In, in those cases, I think those students already have either a background in that field, yeah. or it was a, a passion of theirs in, in college, or they may have majored in both. I think those students are the ones that are interested in adding the additional subjects. How old was the oldest uh, person to come by your desk asking about teaching? The credential, I would say he's maybe in his late 50s, 60s. And then we have as young as right out of college, yeah. 22, 23. So it's, it's a field for anybody, I would say, anyone interested. All ages. Yes. And it's never too late to become a Correct. teacher. Correct. No, it's not. I, I had another student call me the other day, and she said she uh, last attended in 1992, but it's always been on her mind to come back. And I said, well, it's never too late. So this is what you need to do, and you can do it. And she was very thrilled and excited to, to start this process. And I would imagine that principals and superintendents would happily hire someone who's more mature. Yes. I, I think that as we age, you know, you have more life experience, sometimes more compassion, more empathy, and I think that definitely translates into how we teach in yeah. the classroom. And if you've raised children, that's yes, an additional bonus. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jean, it's delightful to talk to you and learn all about uh, the program. And if students or prospective students want to reach out to you, how would they do that? They can either email me or call me, um, or they can pop by in my office. I'm in Building 6, Room 209, second floor. They're always welcome anytime. And the website would be the College of Education and Integrative Studies. And yes. There's links there for teacher certification. Yes, there is. There's lots of information, and I'm happy to help them navigate through all those links. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's thank been you delightful. very much. Thank you.